Can We Have It All? Real conversations on navigating your 30s and 40s, leaving the 9 to 5, inspiring you to take that leap to do what you truly want to. Hi everyone, welcome back to Can We Have It All? Um, This is episode 5 of series 2, can't believe we're there already. And happy Easter Monday. I almost wasn't going to post this today, but I kind of figured since we're all in lockdown, the days are kind of merging into one. So I don't know about you, but um, I didn't think it would be too much of an issue. But I hope everybody has had a lovely Easter weekend, whatever you're doing and whoever you're with, and that you've managed to stay safe and healthy. Um, today's going to be a kind of short businessy one, really. Um and it's going to focus on Pinterest, which is my, it's, I've been talking about it everywhere, left, right and centre, whenever I speak or run workshops with people on business and content creation. And with the Weblog North gang, I'm always talking about Pinterest being the thing that if you're not using it, you need to add it to your strategy in 2020. It's like, it's such a fantastic source of traffic for for your business, for your website, for your content, um, for your blogs, whatever it might be, that, yeah, if you're not using Pinterest, then I'm going to talk today about why you should be. So just a quick, if you don't know what Pinterest is, it's an amazing um, desktop website and an app on your phone that you can download from pinterest.com or your app store that basically it's a search engine so a lot like google or youtube people will search it when they're looking for answers to a question for inspiration for recipes to buy things whatever it's it's really really fun it's addictive it's completely visual based so you don't get um links and URLs like you would on Google search, you get an image that you can then click through and kind of discover more about. Um, So it's a really fantastic thing to use and it's really good fun if you haven't used it already. And I love it because it is a search engine. It's not a social media platform. I don't need another Instagram to take over my life. I don't need something else to be engaging with people and worrying about algorithms. So for any of you fellow content creators out there and businesses who are kind of sick of the algorithm and trying to gain reach and whatever, then Pinterest is for you, my friend. So in a nutshell, if you search for something in Pinterest, a load of images will come up and you can either save them to a board for a rainy day or you can click through and find out what that pin is all about. And most pins will link through to a website and that's where the value comes for you as a content creator, as a business that could be clicking through to your website. So this is why it should really become part of your marketing mix if it isn't already. So first things first, you need a business account. It's totally free. It's like Instagram. You can just swap over your current Pinterest account to a business one. Or if you haven't got a Pinterest account already, then start one up, make sure it's a business one and name your page accordingly. So mine is Holly Goes Lightly because it's based around my blog. So if you search for Holly Goes Lightly users, I should come up, please do give me a follow. Um, But if you're a business or brand, just name your page, whatever your business or brand name is. And then you've got the opportunity to write a description to describe who you are on your page. So use it and use keyword rich 
descriptions. So think about SEO like you would with Google. You really need to be thinking about your SEO and your keywords when it comes to Pinterest. And then you can link your website, your shop, your blog, whatever it is, and claim that website as yours. So essentially, in a nutshell, Pinterest gives you a little bit of HTML coding that you can copy across to your website just to prove that it's yours and it links the two. Um, And you can also claim your social media accounts as well. And then what do you do from there? Well, basically you need to create some boards that you're then gonna add pins to. And most of the pins that you're gonna add are gonna be pins that when people click through, it takes them to your website and your online shop or your YouTube channel, or your blog post, whatever it might be. So you wanna have a good bunch of boards. When you're fully into your Pinterest strategy, you wanna be thinking about 30 or 40 boards, but don't worry about that if you're just starting out. Get half a dozen boards together that you know that you're gonna create pins for, and you're gonna send them to each of those boards. So it's great to use a mix of top line generic boards. So if you are, for instance, a recipe developer, you might have a board called food or a board called recipes. That's a very generic term that people might find, stumble across and see your pins. You then might have a few kind of more niche next level boards that might be things like Easter recipes, Christmas dinner, pasta recipes, low fat food, whatever it might be. So they're still fairly generic. They're still using keywords that people might actually search, but they're just that kind of next level niche. So you want a good mixture of those two things. And you want to name your boards clearly. So don't be cute. Don't be obscure. You know, just be clear on what the board is about. If it's about pasta, call the board pasta recipes. If it's about nursery design inspiration, call it that. Be very clear. You don't need to be using kind of cute design play on words in your board titles because it's just a waste of time. And then you want to be pinning pins to each of those boards. And ideally, you want to think about having at least 20 to 30 pins on each board. So it's going to take a little bit of time to get there, but you can have a mixture of your own pins and things that you have saved from other people, so other people's pins. Now it's worth note mentioning here, just to be clear, don't claim other people's pins as your own. You can just save them to your board without editing them. Don't put your own URL in somebody else's pin or anything awful like that. You don't wanna be stealing pins, people. I don't wanna be responsible for anybody being a pin thief. <laughs> um, but what you wanna be doing is sharing, you know, five of your own pins and then two or three of somebody else's as a rule of thumb. If you don't really know how to pin, then have a play around with the app or the desktop website. It's fairly self-explanatory. The best thing to do is to add a Chrome extension. So if you're using Google Chrome as your internet search engine, just add the extension and it means that whatever web page you're on, if you click that Chrome extension button, that P, that pin button, it will allow you to pin any of the images on that any given web page, including your own. You can also upload pins yourself direct into Pinterest. So you can either do that by pasting the URL. So if you've got a blog post, just copy and paste that URL, paste it into Pinterest, the plus button. There's a little plus button, which means you can create a pin. 
paste that URL and it will throw up all the images on that page and you can create your pin from there. The other way to do it is if you have created a beautiful pin image, which we'll talk about in a minute, then you can upload that from your desktop as an image and attach a URL to it. So it's kind of you're retrospectively adding the URL to it. So you don't, the image that you pin doesn't have to be on the website that you are pinning from, although it needs to refer to it. So if you are sharing a recipe, then you can either pin an image of that recipe from the recipe post, or you can create a new image that talks about that recipe and pin that as well. I hope that makes sense. There are different types of pins. If you just have a look on the homepage of Pinterest, you will see all the various types on there. Have a look at my Pinterest profile. You'll see all the different types of pins that I've pinned. Most will be mine, some will be others. There could just be photographs or images or little videos even. They might be infographics or charts or something useful like that. They might be helpful or how-tos or recipes. They might be an ad, you might see a brand or a product being advertised. Um, there's all different types of pins and they will all look differently. And hopefully you'll notice when you're looking through that there are some pins that you think, oh, that's really pretty. Oh, I like that. Maybe I'll save that for a rainy day or, you know, I'm thinking about doing up my bedroom and I really like that that bedroom. So I might just save that as a bit of inspiration, a bit of a mood board. And then you'll see some other pins that are like, how to make the most of a small bedroom space or five tips on maximizing your small bedroom. And actually, what are you more likely to do with that pin? You're more likely to click through and have a look at what it's saying. So there's there's different types of pins in that respect. And as a business or as a content creator, you wanna aim for the latter. You want people to look at that and go, oh, that sounds interesting, I really need to know that. Oh, I've got a small bedroom, I'd love to know how I can maximize the space. Do you see what I mean? And the way you do that is by designing your own pins. Now, most of us on our websites or our blogs or our shops will have lovely images of the things we're selling or the things we're talking about, but they won't necessarily be what I just talked about in that they're not clickbaity. They don't make people wanna click through and actually know what you're talking about or what you have to say or what you have to sell. So what you wanna be doing is creating your own pins. And you do that by designing them. The best tool that I use, and I always tell people to use, is canva.com. It's available on your desktop, on your laptop. It's also an app, although I'd say the app isn't as user-friendly, like I much prefer using it on my desktop. But canva.com is a fantastic way for people who aren't that great at design to design their own graphics. And you can design logos, graphics, presentations, blog posts, blog banners for instance um, you can design anything really on Canva and they've even got their own Pinterest template. Alternatively if you're a graphic designer go you you'll be able to do this with your eyes shut or if you know somebody or you have if you're a business that employs a graphic designer or, or a design team then definitely use your team because it's always better to have something unique but what I'm saying is don't let that be a barrier to entry if you if you want to create your own pins and you don't know where to start, Canva is a fantastic place to do that. And actually, I know lots of businesses that have their designers design pin templates for their clients to use on Canva. So you can totally be making the most of your designers as well. But what you want your pins to be 
is portrait. Not landscape, not square. Of course, those things, you can upload those shapes and those sizes, but people, Pinterest doesn't like them. It's not user-friendly. They don't get a lot of clicks. So you always want it portrait and you want it to be a two to three ratio. As I say, Canva has the template, the pixel size ready for you to just populate with your own images and design. You want to use strong visuals. So this might be images, might be photos. Make sure they are your own or that you have permission to use them or that they're copyright free. Do not use other people's images, people. Okay, again, I don't want you getting in trouble here. So use your own images or something that's copyright free. Make it a strong visual and then use text overlay. So you want people to know when they see that pin, what that pin is leading to. So you, if you're writing you know, a post on the 10 places to visit in Tuscany, put that on there. Don't just put a pretty picture of Tuscany because people might save that picture on a mood board, but they won't bother clicking through because they have no idea what it is. Or if it's, you know, for four wedding destinations in Greece, people are more likely to click through. And another good rule of thumb is to include your logo or your URL somewhere on the image. Don't make it messy, but it just, it kind of claims it as your own and it brands it. So by this point, you've got your boards, you know the kind of content that you've created that you're gonna pin to those boards. You're starting to create your own pins. Now I would say that you need to be thinking about something which Pinterest has now termed fresh pins. You might have heard of this and you might be thinking, what the heck is a fresh pin? Essentially, a fresh pin is something, it's a pin that is visually new. It looks different to the other pins out there. So what Pinterest wants is for its users to be creating new and exciting content for each other. And it doesn't want the same looking pin going round and round and round in circles. So if you were using a scheduler, which I'll talk about in a minute, you might have the same pin going out a number of times about the same blog post. That's not as good as having two or three different pins that go out talking about the same blog post. I hope I'm making sense here. Okay, so let me be clearer. So if you've got a website URL that's pointing to your shop, your product, you can create a pin that does everything that I've just talked about, has a really nice visual of that product and it tells you something in writing that makes you want to click through. What you then want to do is create another two or three pins for that same product and URL that look different to each other. So it's a fresh pin because it's got a slightly different layout or it uses some different imagery, but it still points to the same URL. So that's what you want to be aiming for. So for every URL that you're pointing somebody to, you want at least two or three, if not four or five, if you're in that kind of like next level strategy, fresh pins pointing to that same place. The best thing to do is have a look at my Pinterest page. It will make a lot more sense when you see that I've got quite a few pins that will be talking about the same blog post, but they all look a bit different. So that should form the basis of your strategy. And ideally, you want to be getting to the point where you've got five to 10 pins going out every day because you're maximizing the opportunities of that post being seen and clicked. So stepping back a little bit there to the actual pin itself, I've not talked about the words. So Pinterest has a really great, fairly new feature to this year, which is a title. 
So you want that title to be succinct and enticing and you want to be using your keywords. The same with your description. It You haven't got a lot of characters to use, but think about making it a keyword rich description and use up to five hashtags. Again, they're not like Instagram hashtags. They're not niche. They're not kooky. They are generic search terms. So use up to five hashtags and use your own. So I always use hashtag Holly Goes Lightly on my pins so that they're easily searchable and easy for me to find and track. So going back to your strategy, if you're creating three or four fresh pin designs for each of your URLs that you want to share, you want to then be pinning those two to three days apart. Pinterest doesn't want the same content going out. Even if they are fresh pins, you want to be staggering them ideally. And then for every pin of yours that you share, you want to share one or two of somebody else's just to keep things interesting and just to be a good Pinterest user. And like I said earlier, you want to be aiming for 10 pins a day. So 70 odd pins a week. Now this can sound like a lot of work. Believe me, I do not have time to add something to my diary that's going to take up loads of time. I'm all about working smarter, not harder this year, particularly now during lockdown. And do you know how I do it? I use something that's a scheduler called Tailwind. Tailwind is a fantastic Pinterest approved scheduler. You can have a free trial and it's fairly nominal monthly cost. So for a small business, I would highly recommend it's the one thing that I say to anybody I do not mind 10 or a month going out to Tailwind or thereabouts I've actually got a referral code that gets you and me a free month if you sign up using it so I'll pop that in the show notes but basically what Tailwind does is it creates a whole schedule for you to populate with your pins over the coming days weeks months however much you want to schedule in advance and then it lets those pins go out so all you have to do is spend 30 to 60 minutes at the beginning of your week or on a Sunday whenever you like to do it schedule a load of pins let it let Tailwind do the hard work and then walk away you don't have to check that they've gone out you don't have to engage with them like you do with Instagram but these pins will be going out at all hours of the day some through the night maximizing the chance for your content your business to be seen it's a super efficient way to work and honestly once you get the process of okay, I've created a web page or a blog post. I'm now going to design some templates and pins for it on Canva using two or three templates that I've got saved. Then I'm going to schedule and upload those into Tailwind to go out over the next week or two. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. That process within half an hour, you've got your marketing strategy going out for the next fortnight. So when I talked at the beginning about different ways that you can upload your pins, so you can do it direct into the app or you can use the pin Chrome extension or you can copy and paste a URL to pin from that, forget all of that and just use Tailwind. So Tailwind's fantastic because you can batch upload a load of images and create your pins, draft them all, write all the titles, copy and paste descriptions, pin them to various boards and you might be pinning something to two or three different boards that are relevant. So remember that example I used about food. If you had a recipe that you had developed that you want to share the blog post for, it might go on your food board, it might go on your Italian food board and it might go on your pasta recipes board. You've therefore 
out of one pin, you've got three pins going out because you've pinned that one fresh pin to three different boards. Now, if you'd created three different visual templates for that pin, then you've got three fresh pins going out to three boards. There's your nine pins a day. And that's just for one blog post. Can you see how easy that is? So essentially, if you can get your head around that process of work, it will probably add in an extra half an hour to your process and honestly, it can reap rewards. So when I started Pinterest and I was just using it as a user, just saving things that looked pretty for my house renovation, I think I had a few hundred unique monthly views. When I started to think about pinning my own content, so just pinning images off my website, I got to the point where I had about 3000 unique monthly views on Pinterest. When I started using this Pinterest strategy, and designing my own pins using Canva, after two weeks, that shot up to 10,000 unique monthly views. Within a month, I was up to 30,000. And now it's part of my ongoing strategy. Before the coronavirus um, kind of epidemic kicked in, I had peaked at just under a million monthly unique views. And then sort of everything, the algorithm all shifted a little bit and, and content changed understandably i'm now sitting at about a quarter of a million unique monthly views now that essentially doesn't really mean anything so it's a lovely it's a lovely number especially when you're you know a blogger or an influencer it's great it's a great vanity metric but it doesn't actually mean anything what it essentially means is that those people are stumbling across your pins and your page and that's great but if those people aren't clicking through, if they're not clicking those pins and finding their way to your website, then actually it doesn't really mean anything. But what it does mean is that it's potentially that I've potentially got a quarter of a million people who could be looking at my content. So if I do everything right at my end, then I could be converting those into views and customers. So part of my strategy is constantly refining the designs of my images, the words I use, the search terms, the hashtags, so that I can try and convert as many of those quarter of a million people who stumble across my account each month into actual click-throughs. And if you're wondering how the hell you know how many click-throughs you get from Pinterest, Pinterest has its own, when you've got a business account, it's got a great analytics. Tailwind has an even better analytics with loads of extra helpful tips. But the best thing you should be using is your Google Analytics. So if you have a website, a blog or a shop, you should be using those anyway. And you can look at your referral traffic. It's under the social tab, you will find Pinterest. And you can actually see how many clicks you get through to your URL from Pinterest every month. You can then click through further and see which actual pin it was that sent the traffic your way. So you can start to really understand which pins and which pin designs do well and perform well for you. And then that feeds and loops back in to your Pinterest strategy. So it's a really fun ongoing thing that you can keep note of. But as I say, using this simple strategy, my unique monthly views just increased hundredfold but actually my click-through rate did increase as well. So I used to have maybe two or three click referrals from Pinterest when I started. That went up to a couple of hundred each month, and now that's a couple of thousand each month. So 
it certainly is worth spending time because you could be converting all those wonderful people using Pinterest into customers or viewers. And that, my friends, is Pinterest strategy for your business in a nutshell. I hope that's helpful. I hope it makes sense. If you ever want to know anything more, just head over to my Instagram or my website and send me a DM or or an email. And you can also join my community, which is going to be relaunched very soon. So watch this space. But if you head over to weblognorth.com, that's the best way to join up now. But do watch this space because there'll be an easier and more exciting way for you to join and learn more about things like this for your content and business going forward. All right, guys, have a fab week. If you enjoyed today's content, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review and subscribe. It really helps um, have this podcast found by other people and I really really rely on it I also will be running a competition picking a reviewer and a subscriber at random eligible to win a free coaching session with myself so thanks very much